depressed and get away from the rink and, and, and maybe enjoy yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I can't be honest with that one. <laughs> Oh, a little bit of implied honesty there from the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings and superstar god of my life, Steve Eiserman. The Detroit Red Wings lose to the Chicago Blackhawks last night on TNT. I'm a Red Wings fan. It was fun to see him on TNT, and it's great to see TNT covering hockey. The lead story last night was that it was Wayne Gretzky's birthday. They wouldn't shut up about it. But before the game, that's Paul Biznet, Biznasty of Spitting Chicklets and Barstool Sports fame. And Biz asked uh, Stevie Y. There have been a lot of rumors about Stevie Y floating around the last couple of years about uh, things he does in his downtime. And the boys at Spit and Chicklets know about it. Everybody in hockey knows about it. So they asked him on, t- on TNT, on Turner, Turner National Television, whatever it's called. I don't really care. Uh, they asked him, what do you do to decompress? And he's like, uh, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. I can't say it. What he meant was, I get high, dude. I get high as balls and I relax. There are rumors that he's a fun guy to hang out with. That's what we say. We heard that in Tampa with some of the Bucks. Um, he's a chill dude. And he's turned the Red Wings around. That's really incredible for me and all the other Red Wings fans. But, man, Stevie Y, you are the man. All right, welcome to Sort of Controversial Thursday. Interesting to see sports podcasts, news, narratives, takes, gambling, et cetera, et cetera. Like, rate, review, follow. For my somewhere between 20 to 45 subscribers, I love all of you individually. Please force your family members to like the show. Um, if I triple my audience right now, I will continue doing the show indefinitely. If not, I'm thinking about maybe sunsetting the show in about 18 months. We'll see. We shall see what happens. I'm not going to promise or threaten anything. Okay, let's get into some stuff. Like I said, it's going to be a sort of controversial Thursday. We're going to start with uh, fake vaccine cards. Obviously, there's an incredible market for fake vaccine cards. Um, it'd be really easy to get one. There are two options. A, you can get on the internet. Or B, you can just go get revaccinated and pretend you haven't and just get another card. But if you get a fake vaccine card because you didn't want to get the vaccine, you're going to get caught. And they're going to make examples out of people. So they're doing essentially what the music industry does. And if you don't know what the music industry does for illegal streaming, they'll find some person who has egregiously violated the illegal streaming stuff, which is super duper illegal, like LimeWire and all that stuff from your youth, illegal. They'll go find someone who's stolen like 5,000 songs and they'll basically hang them in the square to show people what happens and sue them for like $50 million. They do that about once every year or so. They're doing that with fake vaccine cards, and people are getting prison time. Prison time. So this is from WKBW.com, Pro Football Talk. Uh, A husband and wife from West Seneca, New York, face felony charges for using fake vaccine cards to enter the Bills playoff game on January 15th, where vaccination is required in the state of New York to enter. One count of criminal possession of a forged instrument of second degree. That's a felony. That's unbelievable. They face up to seven years in prison if they're convicted. That is the sentence term. Up to seven years. Manufacturing them is worse, I believe. I think you can face up to 20 years, which is absolutely crazy. Football weekend this weekend. We have the two championship games. Bengals v. Chiefs. uh, Burrow v. Mahomes the way we always wanted it. Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow. That's who we want in the championships. No disrespect to Titans fans. Maybe the tights will get themselves a, a Kenny Pickett or a Matt Corral one of these days. We shall see. Uh, Jamar Chase, who has taken the league by storm, was on WLWT talking about his career. One of my favorite stories is 
college coaches who recruit a guy and want him to play a different position than the one he wants to play, and then that guy plays that position and turns out to be either a college or pro superstar at said position. For example, evidence is includes but is not limited to Mac Brown wanting Jameis Winston, Johnny Menzel, and Robert Griffin III all to play a position not quarterback for him. Those guys won consecutive Heismans. <laughs> Uh, another great example is Dak Prescott being asked to play linebacker at LSU or Trace McSorley, the wins and a record holder for Penn State, asked to be play safety for Alabama, which is fine. But also Virginia Tech wanted him to play safety, which that's stupid. I don't know who they had a quarterback, but it wasn't as good as Trace McSorley. And uh, a new one came to light yesterday. Jamar Chase of the Bengals, who is an all-pro wide receiver and superstar, fifth overall draft pick, who's completely panned out. Him and Joe Burrow are freaks. He had like 105 yards in their win against the Titans. They uh, He was discussing uh, Les Miles at LSU recruiting him. When did you first notice that trait in yourself, Jamar, that if someone told you you couldn't do something, I don't know if you have a story or anything, where you noticed that happened and it fired you up? Yeah, I don't know if I have a story either going back that far. Um, it's just been always, I can tell you honestly, one of, one of my best stories ever. Les Miles told me I couldn't play receiver. Uh, when I was coming out of high school. Um, so, you know, that was something I had on my shoulders growing up. Les Miles told me uh, he thought I could play cornerback. Um, I wasn't really in full position at receiver yet. So, you know, <clears> I just <throat> kept working in my craft uh, off season, waking up early in the mornings to work out. Um, I just kept focused. Bit of a miscalculation there by Les Miles. He's not in football anymore, partly, partially because he got ran out of LSU. And then he had a bunch of scandalous shit go down at Kansas with like drug dealing and thing like letting his players deal drugs and trying to hush the people and like literally the like death threats and stuff. It was not, we talked about that. If I recall, man, I've been doing this, uh, for a while. I forgot that we did that. Byron left, which we are closing in on Byron left, which is the head coach of the Jaguars. We have not heard any other coaching news. As far as I know, Sean Payton did retire. We caught on that. I'm not going to announce any sort of um, GM hirings because they're, they're general managers. I mean, no, none of you know them. Unless they're famous names, I'm not going to talk about them. We'll run it down once the carousel stops. It is officially mock draft season. Daniel Jeremiah, one of my favorite guys, has a mock draft out. Also, Dame Brugler of The Athletic, he's got a mock draft out. It's time for that kind of content. It really is. Uh, happy Thursday to everybody. Let's get into the thing that people were talking about a couple days ago. So the Hall of Fame vote happened. And David Ortiz got in, but Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were denied entry. Now, everybody's super upset at them when the steroid stuff came out that they had been cheating. And yes, they had been cheating. There's no question that they had been cheating. But what's weird is that they were never caught cheating. Everyone was just pretty sure that they were cheating, first of all. Secondly, in the early days, like between 95 to 2005, it wasn't against the rules to cheat. It was illegal to have steroids injected in you for, like, fun, that's against the law. It still is today. But it wasn't cheating in baseball, which is really weird when you think about it. They don't want, definitely don't want black people smoking weed in pro sports. They do now. They'll let anybody smoke weed in pro sports now. But, like, hey, steroids, even though that's illegal, just, So everyone was agreed not to let them in. And now Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are not in the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame, which everyone has been screaming at the top of their lungs the hypocrisy of this because no one has benefited more from steroids than the game of baseball. Baseball is dying again, but it was dead. It has been defibrillated by performance-enhancing drugs, point-blank, period. Sosa and McGuire chasing the home run record in a single season, what was it, 98 or 99 or whatever it was when McGuire got it, and Sosa broke it too. 
They were court, they were both juicing. It's unbelievable that these writers, these douchebags, are going to look at us in the face and be like, these guys are going to besmirch the Hall of Fame. But all of those writers have a career based on the fact that baseball is still a thing that people care about. It's unbelievable. Now, Bonds and Clemens are not eligible for the Hall of Fame. They can get in. There's another avenue to get into Hall of Fame. All Hall of Fames have this, as far as I know, which is it's like the old person Hall of Fame. We're like the legacy Hall of Fame. So I think, and this would be the biggest douchebag move of all time, which would be not letting them in on their own merit and then putting them in in the, in the old man vote. And these writers, I, we have to figure out this out because at, the, at a certain point, it's not the Hall of Fame anymore. At a certain point, it's just like a, a journalist jerk-off. And sports journalism is not journalism. We've talked about that before. It just isn't. It is not journalism. It is pregame and postgame. So Tom Verducci or whichever baseball writers are voting for this kind of stuff are like, and this is what's really, what's really a motherfucker here, is that Barry Bonds got a majority of votes, but you can't get a majority. It has to be like a two-thirds majority or some sort of shit. Like, it's Congress, please. It's baseball. Barry Bonds has, like, all the records still. And people are still cheating. A-Rod cheated for years. And he couldn't even get those records. First of all, secondly, and, and this is so weird about Americans, and this is why baseball is like, it, this is why it's actually dying. No one cares when football players cheat. I mean, I care, and it pisses me off. But they get suspended, and they come back, and people are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they were, they were just like, whatever. Who cares? I mean, Lane Johnson juiced twice, 10-game suspension. Yeah, that sucks. Don't get caught, dude. Julian Edelman, well, that's embarrassing. No one even remembers. No one remembers or cares at all. How do you think Cam Akers is back from a torn Achilles so quickly? Human growth hormone. <clears throat> I think Tom Brady looks so good at 42. He's playing better than anybody else. Nobody has to say it. I'll say it. But people care about baseball? Look, I don't. This is not supposed to be a rant and take show. But, like, the game of baseball is so much fun to play. And it is getting more and more boring to watch. And it's attention span. And it's everybody wanting to keep it the way it is. It is always. Baseball is fighting time instead of embracing Time We know that robots now, by the way, are going to be umpiring games in AAA, so it's getting ever closer to professional baseball. But baseball as a business and a sport, they just don't get it. They don't get it. And I, I care that they cheated and leave them out for a year or two, but put them in the Hall of Fame, man. Because everybody was cheating in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, was it was the 70s and 80s when they were, just, they were literally doing meth and speed so that they could play all the time. They, they, were, they were doing crack. Look it up. They were doing crack in the 90s. Or was it, I may be wrong about that. 70s or 80s. They were doing, it was like an epidemic in baseball. Pitchers were pitching every other day. Remember Mark Fidrich for the Detroit Tigers? Yeah, drug addict. Actually, I don't say that. I digress. Not a drug addict. But definitely, everyone in that era was using drugs. And people look back on that fondly. And they're like, oh my God. Remember that? <laughs> that was a weird time. No. Baseball writers want to fancy themselves like real journalists. So they're leaving these people out of the Hall of Fame. And um, it's honestly one of the stupider things that you can you can have happen. I don't even know if this is a controversy. It really is just, it's, it's, how do I care about this now? Every year, baseball just stacks on reasons not to care. And as we move forward, there's a, there's currently a labor situation I, I kind of mention it in passing every day on this show, but every day we're getting closer and closer and closer to like a real strike. And I don't, they're not going to survive it. 
there's so much money in baseball because there's no salary cap. The players are, their salaries are inflated. Nobody makes any money. Nobody watches it. I mean, it's in a bad spot. So the the most recent labor negotiation I got was from earlier this week in which the Major League Baseball Players Association has offered to ditch age-based free agency, which means that it's just free agency, which, by the way, is discriminatory. I can't believe like, unions are allowed to get away with a bunch of stuff under like labor laws, but that's age-based free agency is discriminatory. So the Players Association is offering to ditch that so that older players and younger players can be lumped together so that the owners don't have to pay a bunch of older players a lot of money that they have earned, but they are no longer worth because baseball is so ass-backwards. I guess we'll keep an eye on it, but I mean, I'm not optimistic. I think that the message is going to be sent loud and clear. Um, and, I, and I, we've talked about it on this show and the NHL and NBA are so stupid for getting back on their normal schedule and not pushing the playoffs back to July. But I believe there's a world cup coming up. Um, I don't know when that's happening, but I think it's happening soonish and it got pushed back because of the pandemic. I'm telling you right now, the message is, is going to get through that not going to be as missed as people think. Summer's going to get boring, but it's not going to be as missed as people think. It's a, they, they, they just got to get their heads out of their asses on this. Not letting Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame while there's a lockout. They can't figure it out. <sighs> Whatever. We're going to preview football tomorrow, and we're also going to keep tracking the coaching carousel and pro football. Once all of the transfers are locked down in college football, we'll do that. We are also... Going to do best bets. It's football Friday tomorrow, and uh, the playoffs are where I make the majority of my money. Shouts to my dad. He's one of my listeners on this show whose hot streak is preposterous, and I want to make it very clear to him that first touchdown, last touchdown bets are not something you can count on, but he somehow keeps hitting them, which is absolutely crazy. We'll get out of here on this. Mike McDaniel is a super genius that was also part of that Washington coaching staff with McVay and Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. Uh, he's a hot name in coaching right now. He's the guy that said he won't coach in a state that doesn't have legalized weed. Quote, Sure, Mike McDaniel seems cool, but he's not worthy of a head coaching job yet. That's from Deadspin. Later in Deadspin, in the article, they had a retraction. Editors note, we learned after the publication of this article that 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel, whom we described as a, quote, white guy, is, in fact, biracial. The article's original text remains below. We regret the error. Man, Deadspin, you really suck at this. Glad you're part of the cultural conversation. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Check me out on YouTube. Be back and better than ever. Football Friday coming up tomorrow.